Hey, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray, and I should sound normal this time. Thank you. Um, having procured a actual, real, working microphone. Um, I am again joined by Ian O'Neill. Welcome back, Ian. Hi, how's it going? It's going very well, actually, because we have finally gotten past Barcelona in a, in a 90-minute match. <laughs> And it's almost it's almost unbelievable. It almost is. And we're we're going to try to make it more believable by talking about it for the next however long this is. So, obviously, City 3-1 Barcelona, a pair of goals by Ilkay Gundogan and a beautiful free kick goal by Kevin De Bruyne. Which is, and that is how we got that result. Um, of course, that all happened after City fell behind to once again a Lionel Messi goal. So, before we get into actually talking about the game itself, like what happened on the pitch, the ins and outs of that, I wanted to start with sort of a wider view, a wider picture of things. Um, namely, I wanted to ask you, and I know that we alluded to this the last time we spoke. Um, at the beginning of the week, we talked about what what a city victory would mean, but I I, I don't think we went that far into it because we almost didn't dare to dream that much that it was going to become a reality. Yeah, right. So so now that it has, now that they have won this game against this team that they have repeatedly come up against and fallen short against in the last um, three four seasons. How big is the Barcelona result as far as City's growth and status as a football club in the football world? I think it's huge. I mean, you know, there are – I'm trying to think of another club um, that uh, is not just as good as as Barca but so important in in the whole, um, you know, realm of UEFA. And, you know, I guess – Real Madrid comes to mind, or um, maybe even Bayern Munich, but this is it. I mean, uh, you know the um, what do you call them? S M N, the uh, the front line there, Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. I, I I really haven't heard any kind of cogent argument saying that they are not the best top three ever to play uh, in football. Um, so and and of course you also have this, you know, this connection with Pep being there for not only playing for Barca but really bringing them to the to the glory years of uh, you know '09 to uh, to '13, and so yeah, it's it, it's a really big deal. I mean, I didn't think, and I actually, you know, I asked you last time whether. You know, three three points was possible, and you said yes. But then, of course, uh, you mentioned that you know, City have not been able to beat them in hedge, what, uh, hedge, I think five five I, times. Yeah, five times I had yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So th- this yeah definitely means something, and you know, it, and it wasn't a game where it was like City accidentally, you know, won the match. They were the better side um, for the vast majority of the game. Um, they were 
well beaten on their fir- the first goal they can you know the, and the only goal that they conceded, uh, and that was pure um, counter attack from from Barcelona. But that almost makes the victory even better because they shrugged that off and then they continued and they played no differently from what I saw anyway um, than they did before the goal occurred. And they just kept on attacking and attacking. And, I mean, a free kick, you know, the, okay, let me just, I'll just say this. Uh, a, a better goalkeeper may not have allowed that, that free kick. I that agree said, with you. <laughs> that said, awesome. <laughs> awesome free kick. I, I remember when I was, when I watched it, I actually didn't say any. I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I was just like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Especially once I saw the replays. That said, the two goals that they did score, excellent goals. Just great passing, great movement from all players involved. Um, and, of course, uh, the finishing uh, was there. And we talked um, a while ago about their problems finishing. They had no problems finishing. Uh, save maybe De Bruyne probably could have scored um, when, he hit, when he hit the outside of the post. But irrespective of that, this win is very important. And I think a lot of our conversation last time was about not only how big this win would be, but what it means for City as they progress through the season in terms of being taken seriously, in terms of their confidence. And it's it's almost insane that the next team they play is some, you know, relegation fodder uh, in the in the Premier League. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how how they adapt to playing a club like that after Barca. But only good things to say after this victory, and hopefully it's not the next uh, the last big game that they win this year in Europe. And I I feel so much more confident in their ability to go to Germany. Uh, for their next uh, group stage match. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I think that the, the meaning of this, um, I mean, it, it does stand for more than three points, and not just for the club and its supporters, who are obviously going to be so extremely heartened by this, and they should be. But at the same time, I think um, what this does is there is a segment of the football world, and it's not just, I know we're, we're City fans, so we like to, to, to drum on the media, but it's not just the media. There's other fans, there's observers, everyone in the football world. And I think there is there has sort of been, they haven't quite ever taken City completely seriously on a European stage because of their lack of progress. Even last season when they went to the semifinal, it didn't quite feel like an all-conquering march to get there. Um and I think that luring Guardiola away from away and bringing him to City was step one and making people sit up and and take notice. And I think this will only be the next step in that because I I think that there was sort of this desire to see City you know really assert themselves on a European stage. And yes, they've beaten Bayern Munich a couple times, but those were games where Bayern Munich really didn't have anything to play for, so for various reasons they were. And PSG um, are another team that haven't really broken through in Europe, so they're not really regarded, I don't think, as this huge scalp. Um, 
And 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 then you have Barcelona, who are completely. And I think that beating Barcelona changes the narrative because yes, they had injuries and there was a suspension, but they still had that front three. Um, and Guardiola effectively choked off the midfield, cut off service to them, and neutralized their biggest advantage and was able to set City up so that they could get at the weaker parts of Barcelona. And I think that the results, how it was accomplished, everything about it, will kind of make Europe's elite, I guess, sit up and say, gee, maybe they really can move forward from this point on. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Unfortunately, um, it's it's you know it's basically certain that City are going to finish second in their group, um, so that would mean in the in the round of sixteen we're going to have to come up against a uh, a group winner. Um, but uh, like you said, it, when people when the footballing community sees City as as you know, again, we're biased, but if they see them as you know what they really are, and that is a very good team with a very good coach, uh, with you know with deep pockets, um, I don't think it's going to be like, oh well, we get to play a, a second place team. I, I, in other words, I think that of all of the the, the winners of the groups. Uh, City is probably going to be the, the team that uh, those teams will want to avoid the most because City have now shown that they uh, are not to be met uh, messed with and they should be taken seriously. And, it, and it's because of the result yesterday. Yeah, and it's worth noting that, that second place it would not necessarily be a death sentence because you might get a team like... Um, a Sevilla or a Monaco or a Napoli where, you know, it's not that they're bad, but they're not, they're not in that elite bracket. So it's not necessarily a death sentence either. Um, right. Yeah. It's definitely not. Yeah. I, I don't mean, because I mean, if you think about yeah, it, last, I, I didn't take it as such, but I just wanted to oh, yeah. for everybody. Cause I think I might be wrong, but I, I, I know that um, there have been, round of 16 games where it's almost unbelievable that these two teams are playing at in the round of 16 they're, you know they're too good you know the, the two teams are so good that they really shouldn't be meeting at this early in stage of the knockout stage so that may well be the case that you get someone that's not that city might come across someone that's probably not as good as they are um, but, you know, you, it, what I'm saying is you open yourself up to the likes of um, Juventus or Bayern Munich or Real Madrid. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Just wanted to point that out. Of course. Of course. Um, and, and to your point, I remember, I think it was uh, Ferguson's last season, Man United and Real Madrid played in the round of 16. So it does happen. But. Not not to get off track, let's talk about the game itself and what happened on the field. Um, I thought that they started well, and then they got picked off on the counter, and Messi just ghosted in behind, scored that goal. And I think that they were knocked back a bit for a moment, but they steadied themselves so much more quickly than they did in the uh, the other tie in Barca in Barcelona. And 
they the the by the time they got the equalizer, there was a bit of good fortune in it, but they forced that mistake. So there was obviously they, they did capitalize on a mistake, but they forced that mistake because of the way they were set up to play. Um, and from the moment that they equalized, there was really only one winner when they came out for the second half because they could have scored more. Um, so I, I thought that, yes, there was a bit of a, a gut punch when Messi scored, but they showed much more resiliency. And they were even bad after the first goal at Barca, but they showed a lot of resiliency to just sort of steady, get get it together and go back to the game plan and not lose faith in that. And I think that was key to the turnaround. Yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, I was obviously not happy to see them go down uh, 1-0, but I saw nothing tactically that was different from what they started out as doing. The, um, the press that they put on, uh, Barca, they were, they were holding, I thought, a pretty high line in terms of, of, of the press. It caused them problems. It made it, you know, I, I'm sorry if I'm repeating you, but, you know, it made it hard for their front, for their front three, you know, to really get involved as much as, uh, Luis Enrique would like them to get involved. And I don't know if that's a template that uh, I don't watch a lot of La Liga games, so I'm not sure if that's a template that other teams use. Um, but yeah, the, the more you can press them back and limit the distribution to the top three, the better chance you have of not only eliminating the, or reducing the number of touches that those front, uh, front three have, but also to cause, you know, unforced or forced errors. And, um, they really, it really helped. I mean, that, that's how they scored, uh, two of the goals. So I, I was I was very happy for them not to just react to the fact that they had gone down, but to just say, look, we came here to play a certain way, we're going to play that way, and let's see what happens. And what ended up happening was them winning three one, which is great. Yeah, there there seemed to be more intensity to their to the. I know. To their- you, okay, good. So you know you noticed that too. Like they I were did. really they were really pressing. They were pressing higher, and not only that, but there just seemed to be this sort of added determination. And I, I, you can kind of crystallize it down to Zabaleta turning to the crowd and just doing the arms up motion to get them into it. Um, but the whole performance as a whole was just seemed more determined, more focused, more intense. That I think is what Guardiola will be the most happy with because that's what he demands. And he'll say, you know, if we play like that every game, we're going to be very, 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 very difficult to beat. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and the, the, the issue is uh, with the players that they have, if that's something that they can do um, every week. And can I also, I just want to give a shout out to Jesus Navas, who I thought was excellent yesterday when he came on. Uh, I know he gets a lot of... Um, not hate, but not a lot of respect. I thought he played brilliantly yesterday when he came in um, and was very dangerous. And he will run and run and then run more, um, which is exactly part of the game plan that Pep had in mind. And overall, the substitutions were excellent. Um, 
Yeah, in terms of how they worked out, of course, Nolito's um, coming on was just a waste of time. But uh, Fernando stepped in well uh, without any issue. I didn't really even see much of a difference in terms of uh, of play between he uh, between him and and Fernandinho. Uh, so I think the whole team was just ready to go, ready to avenge that loss uh, at the Camp Nou, a game that really just got out of hand because of the of the red card and the, the other mistakes um, that City made. So it was great. I just – it was the happiest I've been seeing City play since maybe when they came back to beat QPR to win the Premier League oh so many years ago. <laughs> Ancient history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to your point on Navas, he was vital in setting up the third goal, too. Which yeah. It was, it's his end product that always gets the most criticism. Yeah. But there, you know, every so often, he'll come up and, and with, with something. And he was actually, that wasn't the only one he put in there that was actually pretty good in that game. I thought he was, like you said... He was not only is he willing to run all day, but when his end product is actually working, he's an incredibly valuable player. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I, I do want to talk about Ilkay Gundogan and, and how he seems to have finally... Obviously, he came here injured, and it took him a long time to, to get himself first into training and then up to fitness and we have seen flashes and glimpses and this and that um, growing up to this point. But it, I think on, on this particular day, we saw exactly what city hoped they were buying. And that is boy, did they sign the right midfielder for one thing, because they could have gone in other directions that have not worked out quite as well for certain clubs that we won't name names, but um it feels like this might end up being the steal of the summer. And I was just so impressed with him. Not only getting in, he scored twice, which is obviously fantastic. So getting in the right positions there, but his contribution to the rest of the game as well, I thought was, was extraordinarily vital to what city did to Barca's midfield on, uh, in, in this one. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the prior game, I guess against West Brom, he also showed, um, well, I guess he showed why Pep wanted to purchase him. And I, uh, I was incredibly impressed by him. He, I'm not even sure if I know the English language well enough to really describe how, how great he played. He, he was, he seemed to be at the right place at the right time. Um, he refused to miss any chances. Uh, you know, of course he scored two goals, which is, you know, important, but beyond the fact that he scored two goals, he just was, um, you know, incredible in his positioning. He chased, uh, hard with, uh, when Sydney didn't have the ball. Uh, he made good runs. Uh, he, he did, I guess, if you had to say, like, a, mid, a midfielder in, in, in football does this, then that's exactly what he did. He just did exactly what he was supposed to do. He did it at the, uh, at, the at an incredibly high level against arguably the best team in the world. And I don't 
want to think about what the game would have been like had he not played. So he was that good, I thought. Yeah, standout performance for me. And hold on, and, and, and I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. The steal of the summer, are you referring to the, a certain <laughs> Manchester United uh, signing I from a other team? I couldn't possibly be. Okay. Why would I ever say something like okay, that? Okay, just, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that the, the folks the folks would, at home... I would never, ever... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you, you could pick out pretty much anyone um, and, and say they played well, I thought. Obviously, uh, Kevin De Bruyne scored the free kick, who was... I thought... I, it took him a little while to get into the game. I thought Sterling was just tormenting um, <laughs> Lucas Digne all game basically, until he went off. Um, and Silva was, was good. The, it was, it, it felt like they were more flowing, I guess, is the word I would, I would use to describe it. I know we talked about this too, is that they, they're just a little bit static, a little tick off. And I thought that wasn't as, as much of an issue, um, in, in this one. And they seemed to just sort of have I guess a better understanding of what they were doing and where they were going with each other, um, in, uh, on this particular, in this particular game, after some rather uneven performances, to be blunt, in in a few of the most more recent games before this one. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I agree with that. Um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne. I'd like to I'd like to see him be at his best every game um, because I uh, I don't know, this shouldn't be controversial but I, I really think that he is probably one of the top five maybe top ten uh, midfielders um, in the world right now um, in the right system and um, I'm not sure why he got, it took him so long to get involved in the game the way. That I'd like to, you know, I would have liked to uh, have him get in the game, but he eventually did his part, and um, that that second goal was just um, was just great because it, you could kind of tell at that point that uh, the game had definitely swung over to City, and I'll, I don't want to make this a big deal or anything, but. It was nice to have a full Itihad, you know, and to have the fans really care about the games. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a, a Manchurian. I don't know what the deal is with, you know, City fans not not caring about the Champions League. But at a at a certain point, when this team starts spending this much money, in terms of the coaches, the front staff, the front office staff, and the players—they're going to have to come around to the idea that the Champions League is going to be at least as important as the the Premier League. So it was nice to see a very energetic and full Etihad yesterday. No doubt, and I think that you know I, I understand the grievances, and I don't I don't want to make it sound like I don't, but you know. It's it's always nice to hear that crowd support, and the players seem to notice it, and they seem to be buoyed by it. I would say, um, because the, especially once City pulled level, 
there was just sort of 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 a belief um a belief that flowed not not only back into the players not that they really lost it like we talked about but there there was a belief that seemed to flow back into the stadium and into the fans and that is you know we we, we say all the time like uh you know the fans are so important and it can sound like lip service but it's not really they do lift the players when they're really up for it and really into it and they absolutely do and i firmly believe that and i firmly believe that it helped them in this game and i firmly believe that if if it continues going forward they're they're going to go a long way toward making the etihad a fortress again in in every competition not just this one that would be great i mean i'm not saying that city should build uh a replica of the Camp Nou where there are like 99,000 crazy fans there. But it certainly is not easy to go into uh, the Camp Nou when that kind of a crowd is around you. So, yeah, they need to turn it into some sort of fortress. So, And that, that would be nice. It would just be very nice. It would be. Um, I, I The only thing, the only other thing I will say is that um, I don't want to single out John Stones because he did make the same mistake again, and it nearly led to a goal. They hit the cross. Oh, yeah, I have no problem singling him out. Um, yeah, well, I can let you take it then if you want to. I, I, I um, luckily I was on I was on a first floor um, room because I almost I would have considered jumping off of some sort of balcony or whatever, when he made a great through ball to, what was that, Suarez? So, whoever it was. What was that? I don't what, know. What, what, is, what, what is that? I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, it's just, I, I, can, just, I can just think of, of Caballero thinking to himself, Okay, balls in the midfield. Looks like Stones won it. Oh, he maybe he didn't win it all the way. Oh, Stones just played a through ball to Suarez. Who, like I said, whoever it was, this is this isn't good, you know. <laughs> so, is that the one mistake you're talking about? Yeah, there there were. I think he there were a couple moments where he tried to do a little bit too much, and that has yeah. just sort of been an ongoing theme with him, and. I guess you can you can chalk it up to youth um, and the way he's always been brought up to play. I know Everton Roberto Martinez isn't much of a defensive coach, so it probably didn't get nothing really got coached out of him. Um, he's 22. He hasn't played on a stage like this before. I think he's still learning what he can and cannot get away with. Um, You'd like him to learn a little bit faster, given that the, the, the same mistakes happened in both games. But um, I think it's part of a learning process, and Guardiola will be on him about that. There's an understanding, I think, that yes, we do want you to bring it out from the back. Yes, that is the way we want to play. But you have to be smart about it, and you have to know when to fold them, so to speak. Um, yeah. And I think that's a big part of what his learning process is going to be like. Yeah, you know, the, going back to what you said about how uh, Martinez is definitely not a defensive coach. 
you know, he Stones is obviously greatly improved his form uh, since he's gotten to City. So I don't have any reason to believe that he can't continue to become even better. Um, so it's almost like I, 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 I right now I, I laugh when that kind of stuff happens, but I will soon stop laughing when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. There's an expiration like, date, I yeah. think, on, on exactly on when this stops when this stops being funny and starts to be okay. You really need to stop doing that now. I don't think we're there yeah. yet, but I think that, no, we're not. We're not. But, it's okay. Yeah. Um, so, so who's next? Yes, I wanted to bring up. You mentioned this as we were starting out, um, as we were getting into the Barcelona game, but I think it it bears going into here because it's another thing we talked about the last time we sat down together um the possibility of of win over barca allowing city to really kick on and i think that there have been performances that we have talked about where you can you look at them and say okay this that that might be a moment that they look back on. I know the United game was the the, the league game was cited as one, um, and they didn't really kick on. They they played they won three four straight after it, but they two of them were the Swansea away games, and then they went on the winless run. So it wasn't really um, one of those games that let them kick on and really grab their season and seize control of it. Um, you mentioned that you think this can be, and I agree with you just to put it out there. Um, but I, I, I want to know what you think about what a win like this can do for these players who have many of whom, obviously there are newer faces and we know that, but many of whom have played and lost in the Barcelona games before. Um, and I don't think it's that they're lacking in belief, self-belief or anything like that, but at the same time, you cannot replicate a confidence booster that comes from winning a game like this. Uh, so I want to know what you think it does to the mentality of these players going forward with, with the games that they have coming up. Okay, well, uh, I, I think the first thing is if they hadn't already bought into Pep's system, I, I hope that they have done now. If they haven't done now, then uh, I, we'll, we'll see them moving along to another club. Um, so I think, um, cause you know, it, when, when you watch some of the press conferences, you know, these, these asinine, uh, reporters will say, Oh, you've lost, you haven't won in four or oh, you have one in five, you have one in six. Is it time to change the way that you coach? I mean, and Pep's response is no, no, I'm not going to do this. Do, do you happen to know that I've won, you know, you know more titles than I don't. I can't even count how many titles I've won. And so, anyway, point is, they should fully be buying into this system at this point, um, especially when you're able to beat a team like Barcelona. Um, I can't. Um, I don't think it'll come down. Well, it could. It could. It could come down in terms of Champions League that. Um, that the game against Celtic at City um, will hopefully have 
uh, a great deal of support from the, uh, the fans there, especially if they do need a result. Um, so, you know, I know that's not the team itself, but it's, it's the club itself um, wanting to, to see them, um, you know, to, to follow Pep's instructions, to, to play the system correctly, and to realize how important this competition is, not just to, you know, get to the group stage or, or whatever, how, how important it is to Pep and how important it is to the club in general. And I think eventually uh, the fans will will come to grips with that. Now, I, I want to answer your question in terms of, uh, you know, what, what does this mean for the players? Um, and maybe... Maybe I can sum it up this way. I'd, I really want to see what they do in, in, in Germany. If they're able to come out and play the way that they did uh, yesterday and just boss uh, Moshe and Gladbach for 90 minutes, then I think that this game shows that this uh, that that Manchester City um, the, the players um, are fully invested in the system that they're playing in, that they have understood. Uh, each, each of them ha- uh, has understood his role in that system, and they're willing to you know, work as hard as possible to fulfill uh, the requirements that the position that uh, each of one uh, fills is enough to, you know, to implement Guardiola system in full. So going forward in this competition, I really expect them to continue this form in the next two matches. I don't think that will have any bearing on whether they finish, uh, if they can finish first, but they should at least be able to say, when we play in Europe and we play the right way, we are good enough to beat anyone on any day. Um, and I think that when they come across team, you know, actually, great. If I go back here to when we talked last time, we talked about how when they play in the Premier League, they they just almost refuse to put games away. Uh, this should help them to continue to use the system as Pep set it up, and to and I think that'll make it uh, more likely that they'll be able to put in that third, fourth goal to kill off games. So I think it's a big deal. I think that um, this this victory, um, three points is fantastic, but it, it's, it should be, and I think it will be, worth more than just three points. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I want to ask you one more thing before I go into my answer. Would you, would you, would you say that was... Would you go as far as to say that that was a tactical masterclass on Pep Guardiola's part? Yeah, I don't see. I don't see how else you could really describe it. I, again, I haven't seen every Barca game. I know that they've lost a few games, but um, some of them have have been from. Um, actually, it was uh, Ter Stegen uh, just committing in, in just ridiculous uh, mistakes. Um, but yeah, I don't see how. Okay, if you say okay, here's okay, it's Barcelona. However, it's Luis Enrique's Barcelona. Uh, his team plays a certain way, and his team contains the you know 
these players and, you know, okay. And then, so then Pep's like, and, and his, you know, whoever he works with, uh, say, okay, what tactics can we use to negate the, the positive attributes of his system and how do we, um, how are we able to realize the best parts of our system and then eventually come out with a victory? So masterclass all the way. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't keep, keep a clean sheet, but, you know, whatever. That, that, that's not, that doesn't mean that it's a masterclass. I mean, if you want to look at the best masterclass I've ever seen in my entire life was when Barca beat Manchester United 3-1 at Wembley in the Champions League final. They gave, they gave up a goal, but they still ended up winning 3-1, and that was the most beautiful, tactically sound game I've ever seen. So I don't want to make it seem like the tactical masterclass is all, at all chipped away at because they, they let in one goal. I think it was, and I, I'm assuming, Gray, that you agree that it was a masterclass. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so short answer after that incredibly long answer is yes. I think it was. That's okay. Um, the 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 thing the thing that I guess frustrates me is the word I would use is that this is going to come. They have one game and then they get to go on an international break. So, it's almost like they can't, don't even really get the chance to harness whatever momentum this gives them, and then they they'll, they're going to have two weeks off and then they'll have to recapture it. Um, but I I, I will say. That 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 I think that it's so valuable, and like you said, if they haven't bought in yet, they really should. I think most of them have bought in, um, if not all of them. I, there might be a few stragglers on the sidelines, but you know, and we have a question about this, so I'm going to get into it later. But I think Aguero in particular is really starting to buy in, which is obviously a huge deal considering he's one of their most significant players. But um, yeah, I think that the I think that there's always been this sort of thing with City of when they're going to beat the elite opposition. Even when obviously they did the double over Man United the first year they won the title against a very good United side. So that was obviously important, but in um under Pellegrini they really struggled to beat the the top of the table I I guess they in the year they won the title they didn't beat Chelsea home or away they won at home to Liverpool but they lost away um so you you so they they were dropping points against against the best even at home the same held true in the years after that it has, it feels like it's been a while since they really du- beat up on good teams at home in particular. Um, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't have an ambition to do it away as well, but I, th- I think that if you're going to, if you can beat Barcelona at home, I think you can point to that result and say, who in the Premier League can't we beat? You know, it's like you said, it should really be something of a feather in their cap. And they can point to that game and say, no, they, you know, this isn't, they didn't win the Champions League last year, but Barcelona are probably one of the three, four best teams in Europe. I don't think anyone would dispute that. You can beat them at home, then you should have the, you should have the belief to go and take a game to Chelsea, to um, Arsenal, to Tottenham, to anyone in the Premier League. There is no doubt in my mind, to Liverpool, there is no doubt in my mind that that should be 
something, I guess, a watershed moment. And it should help change the mentality because we've talked, I've ta- we've talked a lot on this podcast, not just with you, but with everyone we've had on about that sort of erosion of the mentality that that, that happened um, under Pellegrini in particular in his in, their, in his latter years. And I think that there was some rebuilding to do there, There's some some refurbishing to do in that department. Um, and I think that Guardiola is doing that and I think that this is the best evidence yet that it's working because if City go down if Pellegrini's City go down one nil to Barcelona at home, they don't come back. No what no chance. Um so I think things are, are very different now with with that as well. And I think that winning that game is only going to help accelerate that process. Yeah, I agree. I and I think, you know, when we were talking about this the other day, you know, we I think I said that we will think differently about City if they win this game. And I don't think anyone really cares. Actually, I know no one cares about what I think outside the people that I know. But um, I think that I, I can't imagine that the the press and, and the team itself uh, – are not going to to look at City uh, as something different than they than they were um, on Monday. It's, I mean, this is, I'm I'm incredibly excited and happy about what happened, um, you know, against against Barca. And if there are, I don't know who really thinks that City. Um, can't get three points out of every match in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who those people would be that would think that. I think it's unbelievably clear that this team is uh, not just good in England, but good uh, in terms of all of Europe. And you know, and you know, let me just—I wanted to make sure I, uh, that you and the viewers understand me. I'm not so much saying that. The players haven't bought into the system. Um, what I saw yesterday was people were, were uh, was the players following the system, but really working hard to press. Can, can I can and, I try and, to clarify what I think you mean, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong? No, no it's fine. Yeah, it's it's you. You're not saying that they haven't bought into the system. You're you because we we think that they have. But you're are you saying? You think they're really starting to get the system? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're starting to get the system, but I also think that they're 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 getting the fact that if they are not working at a very high rate, you know, pretty much the entire time, that the system itself significantly suffers. And I saw a very high work rate amongst all of the players yesterday. Not that that's the first time that's happened this year, but I I don't even want to think about how tired those guys were after that game. I mean, they were they were just they they knew they obviously they okay. No one can argue that they don't know the system. Fewer, you know, just slightly fewer more can argue that they haven't bought into it. Um, but I think that yesterday showed that. With all the training, with all the you know the understanding of the system, they finally perfected that system in terms of actually being on the field and working as hard as possible 
to effectuate that system um, uh, you know, to its higher, highest level. Does that make any sense? Yes, I okay. follow you there. Sorry, that, that's what I, I'm sorry. Okay. I just yeah. want to make sure that they understood what I meant. Of course, yeah. No problem. Yeah, I, I, I get that, and I'm glad that you clarified. So this actually leads into our listener question, which we might as well go to now before we finished off with the uh, preview. But um, our, 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 our friend, friend of the pod, Kevin Destroyna on Twitter, asks us, um, is this the best version of Sergio Aguero that we've ever seen? Over the last two games, um, the, the, he has, he obviously scored plenty against West Brom. He has a couple assists. He, the pressing, more of an all-around player. Um, would you, would you say yes, that he, we have, we are seeing a new and better than ever Sergio Aguero. Small sample size, he clarified. We know that. But over the last two games, what do you think? Okay. Well, I think the first thing to say would be, you know, I guess go back to the system. He is finally um, fully understand uh, understood his role in this system. He, I guess... You know, again, I, I don't know him, but I'm assuming that he's accepted what what is required of him. And his strike rate in terms of all competitions, it, you know, is is more than 100 um, percent. I'm sorry, it's almost it's sorry, it, it's 92 percent. Uh, and that's an incredible strike rate. And it's not a strike rate that he's ever had before. Um but you know, but he he wasn't scoring goals um, necessarily on a consistent basis, um, or not as much as we'd like to. But over these last two games, he's looked like uh, a Ballon d'Or, uh, you know, semifinalist or, or or whatever, triple finalist, however they do it. Um, he's just looked absolutely amazing. He look he looks um, he looks like he's a He's a mixture of a poacher, but also that's the second goal against um, West Brom was just a complete moment of brilliance. He just looks like the absolute nightmare uh, for any kind of uh, any time any uh, team's uh, defensive four and the and, and the uh, and the team's goalkeeper. Uh, uh, I, I don't remember seeing him. So confident, competent, and so um, effective as I have done in in these last two games. Again, small sample size, but even even then, this season so far, his strike rate, uh, not just in the Premier League, but overall in all competitions, um, is, is just ridiculous. I mean, it's it's nearly a hundred percent, and and if he's getting if he is getting into his stride a little bit more. Um, it's possible that, that you know that could go up. So um, I don't think that there is a better striker out there in the Premier League right now. Uh, there may be a few uh, in the world that might be comparable or, or even better. But uh, I am very happy that he is a part of this City squad. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What What do you think? Do you think I, he's the? I yeah, I think he's okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because eventually numbers have to come into it. And I'm right. sorry, 
bring in math. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Yeah, right. And I think that more than everything you mentioned, which is obviously valid and, and completely backs up everything I would say as well, but I think that he's he's been so all action off the ball, too. He's been pressing. He's been doing everything. He's been getting involved, uh, assisting, scoring, everything. He has been all action, basically. And I think I think maybe sitting for that first Barca game might have been something of a kick in the pants for him. Because uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he was too comfortable or anything like that. I, I don't think that. But I think that... That there was this sort of notion that, yeah, I will drop you if I think it best suits us. And I think that that might have been something of a kick in the pants for him to really get him going. And if it was, it worked. You know, it's easy to look back on that now and say, well, he's been playing great since then. So that must have been it. I, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But it, it, it would not surprise me if if that was something of a. Of, of a moment for him that made him focus up, I guess I would say. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, uh, that's a fair, that's a reasonable uh, hypothesis for sure. For sure. So let's talk about Middlesbrough. Um, they're at home. It is the last game before the international break. Um, unfortunately. And yeah. you, you would think that, Frankly, you would think, and I think Millersboro are the best of the newly promoted sides. Um, but at the same time, they're still a newly promoted side who are currently. I know they're near near the bottom of of the, of the Premier League. Um, currently sitting in fifteenth, actually, with ten points through ten matches. Um, I, like I said, I think they're the best of the three newly promoted teams, and I can see them staying up. But at the same time, this doesn't feel like a team that's going to pose City too much of a threat on Saturday. No, not at all. I mean, the the only thing that you could possibly possibly be concerned about would be you come you're coming down from uh, an absolutely epic match to play to play some team who you know is three points from the drop zone. And, uh, you know, who, if you look at the, the players that they purchased, uh, even though they knew they were going to get a huge, uh, television contract for being in the, uh, premier league. I mean, it's a, it's sort of a joke. I don't, I don't even know who these people are, um, that, that they picked up. This is not, this is not a good team. I mean, the, 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 the gulf between City, uh, and they, uh, is, it's, uh, it's really not even a fair competition. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in football, you know, but if they, (laughs) if they come out of there with fewer than three points, what a, um, what a what a terrible way to come out of, of of winning you know beating Barca right before the good old ever everyone hates the uh, international break um, kind of situation where you know since we have so many good players from um, you know far far away countries 
that have to fly all over the place and train in these stupid games to have to come back to uh, Manchester with, with that in their heads. Um, I mean, this obviously isn't a must win, but you know, the other thing too is, you know, if they don't get three points, then they go to the international break almost certainly not on top of the table anymore. And that's 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 not acceptable to me anyway. So I, you know, in terms of, I mean, there's really no way to go to say, okay, well, you know, uh, Middlesbrough, they play this, they they play this formation, they have these players. I don't care. It, it does not matter. You know, City are better. There's not a single person on that side that could ever play for for Manchester City. So, you know, prepping for this game is is just prepping for the for an apocalypse or or something. You know, it, it's got to be three points. And you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe you'll maybe you'll get some tweets saying. You know how dare you not not take this team seriously? And I'm not I'm not saying they shouldn't take it seriously. They obviously they should start their their best eleven. They should go in there knowing that three points is what is needed, and that they, and you know they should play the normal system. Um, but you know when they, when they if they get three points, I'm not going to be like, yay! I'm so excited that just happened. It's going to be like, okay, good. That's that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean, are you worried? No. Okay. I, I can't see anything less than three points in, in, Al, in Alvaro Negredo's triumphant return to the Etihad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I just, I can't, you know, as you said, not to not take them seriously and, and respect to them. Like I said, if I had to pick one of the newly promoted sides to stay up, it would be Middlesbrough. But... If City play their game and they play to their capabilities, then they should win this game going away, and it shouldn't really be a problem either. Um, yeah, and that's what we talked about last time. Is you know which um, which City uh, team is going to show up? You know, and and we don't know. We hope typical, typical City. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, actually, I'd, I'd like to see uh, a fairly typical City and not some. Yes. Ragtag group eleven. I, I don't. I don't want to see, uh, you know, Fabian Delph come in or, or some idiocy like that. Um, so yeah, I'm. I am excited, and hopefully next time, if you if you end up doing a um, international break podcast, um. It'll be interesting to see what actually happened to that game because you know even in those kind of games where you're, you're playing a poor team, um, you know there still can be some some things to talk about in terms of how they played. Absolutely, there's always something something to watch in, yeah. in these games, no matter how lopsided or entertaining or whatever they are. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I'm really glad. I'm really glad you got a, a listener question, and I hope yeah. that they keep on coming. We, we we love the listener questions. They yeah. always they always make our lives a lot easier, and they give us new things to talk about too. So I know we want. I would not have asked that question. So you know what? Thank you for Kevin Destroya for that listener question. Obviously, anyone out here who's listening, we love to hear from you. Um, and since we're wrapping this up, I'll just go ahead and say the Twitter name right now. We are at America Citizens on Twitter. That's America 
C-I-T-Y-Z-E-N-S. No spaces or anything. No underscores, no nothing. Just just the one long nonsensical handle for everyone to for everyone to follow and tweet tweet at us. So um Ian, if you have anything else to add to this one before before we uh, convene here. No, I'm good. And again, as always, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time and uh, I hope to uh, talk to you again soon. I'm certain we will. And um, like we said, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes as well. You can get our episodes delivered straight to your iTunes iPod, iPad, whatever whatever it is that you prefer to to listen to us on. You can subscribe to us there and you won't miss a thing. Um, and we will be back at some point after the Millsboro game to recap that. Um, until then, for Ian, my name is Gray. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the game. Thanks, everybody.